Will the Rangers ever sign a starting pitcher? Should the Rangers have traded for Corbin Burns? On today's show, I'm answering all of your mailbag questions on this edition of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan, covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into today's episode, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now on today's show, I was hoping that after some of the Bally news was starting to settle down, um, the deadline that the Bally lawyers had given themselves was February 1st, and today is February 2nd. That was their deadline to get all of that nonsense sorted out with the Rangers, get everything approved and cut them a fat check and hopefully have some kind of official, official resolution for the Rangers contract, TV contract situation in the year of our Lord 2024. But alas, it's not quite there yet. The Rangers are probably going to get about 85% of what they are owed this year in TV revenue based on the what Bally owes the Texas Rangers, which is about $111 million what they owe them. It's looking like about $90 million is what they're going to get. Everything has not been quite finalized, but it's looking like it's almost final. And I was thinking that once that deal went through, the Rangers would, uh, you know, get off their butts and say, all right, Jordan Montgomery, time to come back. Let's, let's make a deal. Let's make it happen. And so I was hoping that that would happen yesterday, but alas, it has not happened yesterday. So we have a mailbag edition for today's show. will be back next week uh, on Monday, back to five days a week in February. We are almost to spring training. The truck has left for surprise. All the equipment is there. We are less than two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. So let's get into all of your burning questions. The first one comes to us from Delaney on Twitter, the Mike Elko era enjoyer. Delaney asks very exasperatedly, will the Rangers ever sign a starting pitcher. Now, great question, Delaney. I think the answer is, in general, yes. I think eventually the Rangers will will sign a starting pitcher. Now, to get more specific, will they sign a starting pitcher this offseason before spring training? I think so. I'm hoping so. Again, like I've said from the beginning of this offseason, Jordan Montgomery is the top priority of this offseason. I think they've got to get the or they have decided, the Rangers have decided they have to have the Bally Sports um, fiasco behind them, at least some kind of definite answer for 2024, which it looks like the Rangers games are going to be played on Bally in 2024, much to the chagrin of, well, everybody outside of the people who own Bally Sports Southwest and Bally in general. But I think of, of the 2024 options of starting pitcher, I think it's possible the Rangers don't sign anyone this offseason. I think, I think that's a possibility. And of the options of starting pitchers to sign before opening day, I don't even know if it's before spring training, but before opening day, um, here is my my options in the order I think they are most likely for the Rangers to sign them in. Um, 
number one option, obviously, Jordan Montgomery. Bring him back already. We're, we're all we've been waiting for it since the off season started. Um, exactly three months ago today, which uh, it's kind of nice having a three month long off season. It's a little bit shorter because the Rangers won the World Series on November first, and their off season didn't start until November second, uh, which was was kind of cool that that happened. Um, but Jordan Montgomery, obviously, the most likely. I think the second most likely, even though it would be a weird fit, even though it would be very confusing since he probably wouldn't be coming back until about midseason, I still think Clayton Kershaw is the second most likely option for if the Rangers are going to sign a starting pitcher before the season begins. I think Kershaw is that option. Now, literally last, I believe it was last night, uh, there was a high school a high school um, award, some kind of banquet something for Highland Park, former Highland Park baseball players uh, going on to, I believe, support the athletics program or something like that, some kind of awards dinner something where alumni showed up and showed out. And uh, there are two pretty good former big league pitchers who used to go to Highland Park. One of them is that Clayton Kershaw guy. And another one of those guys is Rangers GM Chris Young. Both were present at the banquet last night. I'm not saying they had discussions about a contract. I'm just saying they were confirmed to be in the same place at the same time. One of those guys is a big league free agent. One of them is a GM of the reigning World Series champion Texas Rangers. And uh, the free agent guy has been linked to the Rangers for quite a bit, quite some time. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had just a little bit of discussions. Or maybe they just talked about the glory days of how cool it was to pitch for Highland Park or what have you. Maybe they talked about the next, you know, first round draft pick that's going to come from Highland Park baseball. I don't know, but I'm just saying they're in the same place at the same time. So maybe putting two and two together. The third guy, I think that's most likely for the Rangers to sign, if they're going to sign a starting pitcher before the season starts is Hyunjin Ryu. Now, not exactly the most flashy name, uh, just a guy who's going to be 38 this year, a left-handed pitcher who's been fine serviceable okay and right now the Rangers could use about one more serviceable okay to pretty good starting pitcher to get them through to that second half when they do have the reinforcements of Jacob deGrom of Tyler Malley of Max Scherzer again the name of the game for this entire year is just be okay be in a good position when those reinforcements come back so you can make that charge down the stretch and hopefully win the AOS for the first time since 2016 or just make it to the playoffs because being a wild card team has never prevented the Rangers from winning the World Series in the last five years. So um, maybe just do that again. Um, but the the fourth most likely option, I think, is that the Rangers sign uh, nobody. I think that's or I guess, yes. Fourth most likely. I don't think that they get in on the Blake Snell discussion. There's been nothing linking them to Snell. I don't really think they get in on Brandon uh, Woodruff, although that would be would have been fun. I think signing Malley, they've already got one guy who's going to be hurt for most of this year. I don't think they want to sign a guy who's going to be hurt for all of this year and then hopefully come back in 2025. It just doesn't seem like it makes sense with their plan. So I think those are the most likely options. So a uh, great question from Delaney, but 2025, that's when I think they really sign a starting pitcher. I mean, just a brief look of, at that class. I mean, there's a lot of really great guys in that class. There's Zach Wheeler, Max Freed, probably Corbin Burns. He's going to 
be a free agent after next year, assuming he doesn't sign a contract extension with the Orioles who just traded for him. We'll talk about that in just a second. There's also Walker Bueller, Michael Soroka, Max Scherzer, and Garrett Cole has an opt-out after this year with the Yankees. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to use it. I'm just saying it's an option. And it would be something that the Rangers would definitely want to kick the tires on um, if if he does decide to use that option. And man, would it be really funny if the Yankees went all in this year, traded for Juan Soto, and then he and their ace left in free agency and left them in a just horrific place for 2025 and beyond. Coming up, we're going to look at how the Orioles making a big trade makes me scratch my head at the Rangers. Why didn't you do that too? We're going to talk about that in just a second, right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel's, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, then Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. If you want to bet on this year's Super Bowl, you can check out the odds for MVP, who's going to win, what the score is going to be, all kinds of different fun bets you can bake on the Super Bowl. Or if you wanted to bet on the Rangers, going back-to-back as World Series champs, right now their odds are plus 1,200. They are tied with the Baltimore Orioles for the fifth best odds to win the World Series in 2024. If you want to look at the Rangers' uh, win total, you're thinking, hmm, I think the Rangers are going to be better than people expect. Right now, the over-under is at 89.5 wins, and uh, the over is at minus 110. I feel really good about taking that over. The Rangers getting more than 89.5 wins because that would put them – at 90 wins, their win total from last year, and I've said a lot this this season or this offseason, the Rangers are probably going to be better in 2024 than in 2023. So, new customers join to get you'll get join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com/lockedon to sign up. That's FanDuel.com/lockedon. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, the next question comes to us. It's a couple of them going to combine into one, both Cade Raspberry and Mr. Datum. Uh, Cade's question is, how do you feel about the or how do you let the Orioles steal Burns that cheap without going after him too? And you could reassign Montgomery and your pre and post all-star rotations look absolutely insane. And Mr. Datum asked, how do you feel about the Rangers' chances to repeat as champs now that Corbin Burns is in the American League? Now, in case you missed it, uh last night, the Baltimore Orioles made a a pretty big move, a pretty big deal to go for the ace of the Milwaukee Brewers, they made a trade for Corbin Burns, something I thought the Rangers uh, maybe could do, hope they uh, would do, but did not end up doing. And the, the price was extremely, extremely surprising. Baltimore received Corbin Burns. Milwaukee received infield prospect Joey, or I guess infielder, he played a little bit in the big leagues, Joey Ortiz, left-handed pitcher Dale Hall, and the 34th pick in the 2024 draft. Now, normally you can't trade first-round picks, but that was the 
uh, extra bonus pick that they got for Gunnar Henderson winning AL Rookie of the Year, uh, which would have been nice if the Rangers could have had that, and Josh Young stayed healthy and was still amazing. Henderson was amazing, um, and so I don't think even if Young was healthy the entire season, didn't miss that stretch with a broken thumb, then uh, I don't think that he would have taken that over. But the Rangers might get a pick like that this year if Evan Carter ends up winning AL Rookie of the Year. But Joey Ortiz and D.L. Hall was all it took? Plus that pick, which does has have a decent amount of value, but that's all it took to get a full year of Corbin Burns? Are you kidding me? Joey Ortiz is a, a nice prospect. He's a middle infield prospect, played a little bit in the big leagues this year. Nothing nothing too crazy. Put up some decent numbers at AAA, but, I mean, he doesn't hit for that much power. He's got decent on base. He's an okay defender, but, you know, last year at the end of the season, he was not in the Orioles' top 30 prospects on MLB Pipeline. Not in their top 30. Granted, this year with Baseball Prospectus, he was their number nine prospect, but he's not in the top 100s this year that I've seen. Um, pretty sure he's not particularly close either. I mean, I don't think I've seen them in any other top 10 for Orioles list, but I haven't looked at a whole lot in depth of Orioles prospect list. But him and, and D.L. Hall, who was a pretty nice lefty reliever, go multiple innings. I'm sure Baltimore, uh, not Baltimore, I'm sure that Milwaukee is going to try him as a starter. Maybe they'll they'll tweak, and he's got some really nice raw stuff, but this doesn't seem like a deal the Rangers couldn't have beaten. I think a deal with, you know, if you, you put in Ezekiel Duran in there and you include, um, you know, Justin Foscue, and if you also include Leo Tavares, that's definitely far exceeds the value that the Brewers got from the Orioles, and I don't know if the Rangers were going to do that, including all three of those guys, but I think even two out of those three guys, and then you add someone else, uh, maybe one of the lower-level prospects that's, uh, you know, one of the young Dominican kids who's a teenager who played in full-season ball last year, there's a few of those guys that are pretty interesting if you want to leave out the very top the top guys um, of the that deal, but that definitely seems like something the Rangers absolutely could have done and, and could have beaten. Um, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. The Orioles just announced that they are being bought out. Their owner, who was notorious for never spending money and kind of being uh, putting his foot in the mouth, his foot in his own mouth, just a heck of a lot. I know our uh, Locked On Orioles host, Connor Newcomb, was just over the moon to hear that some very, very rich guys are going to be buying the Baltimore Orioles and probably spending more than like the zero dollars that the Orioles have been spending in free agency the last couple of years and put their payroll maybe in the mid-tier as opposed to the bottom five where it's been pretty much the last five, six years. Um, and so that is that is worrisome. It's definitely something I thought the Rangers could have done. But I think if they traded for Burns, I don't, I don't see... I wouldn't have seen them, you know, re-signing Jordan Montgomery. I feel like that would have been the move. Because if they did trade for Burns and they did re-sign Montgomery, um, one of either Max Scherzer, John, actually multiple of, of Max Scherzer, John Gray, and Tyler Malley is like out, will be out of your rotation in the playoffs, which is insane. A playoff rotation of uh, Corbin Burns, Jacob deGrom, uh, probably Jordan Montgomery as your three, and then Nate Eovaldi as your four? <laughs> that would be absolutely stupid and insane, um, but it would be a lot of fun to watch. But I, I don't think it would have been realistic. Um, it's definitely something I thought the Rangers could have done, um, but I don't really get why they didn't, and I don't get why this is the amount that it took to get a guy who has been one of the best pitchers in baseball for the past like five years. Like, that feels kind of insane 
that that's all it took to get that level of ace for a full season of control, which is less than the Rangers traded to go get Jordan Montgomery. Granted, they also got um, a reliever, Chris Stratton, along in that deal. Um, but still, it just kind of has me scratching my head. Of, like, If that's all it took, why were more teams not in on that? Um, and why did that not happen sooner? Just something to, to consider. And it, if I'm more concerned about the Rangers repeating as champs with Corbin Burns now on the Baltimore Orioles, I think that Orioles team is going to be uh, insanely good this year. They're going to be – I already thought they were going to be very good. Um, but, I mean, with, with this addition, they are just in a, a very good place. I know that uh, John Smoltz, the biggest Orioles fan in the world, is very excited about the future of those Baltimore Orioles. They are in – a good place it is going to be a fun rivalry i think for the next couple of years this alds was not the last time these teams are going to face off in the playoffs i'm thinking over the course of the next like five years i think there's going to be a start of a very good rivalry from texas and what has in the past been texas east not as much at this point but but hey that's a really darn good rotation of corbin burns kyle bradish um and some combination of Dean Kramer and uh, G-Rod as your top four guys in the playoff rotation. That's pretty darn solid, and uh, I am really looking forward to a rematch of these teams in the playoffs, and I'm really hoping that it goes a similar way as it did uh, this past year. Now, uh, next question comes for us from Paul Holden, host of Locked on Rockies. Now it's been a couple years. How do you feel about the John Gray contract? Well, Paul, I feel amazing. I, I absolutely love John Gray. I think he has been... Uh, very underrated, very undervalued for what he has brought this Rangers team. I think in 2022, he was such an important part of that rotation. Just eating up innings, those 24 starts and 127 innings that he provided were were huge for a rotation that was very questionable, very inconsistent. And, and he and Martin Perez were the backbone and the entire spine and entire skeletal system of this rotation in 2022 because there was not a whole lot else holding that team together just munching up innings and a a thankless job and and this year is a little bit more inconsistent didn't quite have the high highs to the level that he did in 2022 but made 29 starts pitched over 150 innings and man those innings that he pitched in the world series and in the playoffs in general like especially those three innings that the that he gave the Rangers in Game Three of that World Series, after Max Scherzer went out with that injury, that's all time legend stuff. That is something that can get swept under the rug, can get forgotten. Um, but those three innings were crucial, and watching that game back, I mean, it was a one one series at that point. It was very much in the balance. I believe it was a a very very tight game for almost the entirety of that game. And you have Max Scherzer go out after three innings, and you're like, okay, how much can John Gray give you? How how far can he go? And getting the Rangers to the seventh inning, where they could use their top three guys, the only three relievers that they could really rely on in the playoffs, all playoffs long, um, getting them those three innings and making it scoreless and being that dominant John Gray is a Texas Rangers hero forever, no matter what else he does. Every player on that roster, everybody who played it all in 2023 is a World Series hero forever, and I'm loving that contract, and I think he's going to have a big role to play in 2024 of getting the Rangers to that second half, and if he can be anywhere near uh, the level of consistency that he was uh, last year, 
or have some kind of peaks like he did in that June of 2022 or even in May of this year where he was very, very good. That would be huge for the Rangers. Coming up, we're going to look at a very interesting question about the Rangers playing internationally, um, a little bit about Cole Reagans and which Rangers actually should be top 10 players at their position, no matter what MLB Network says. Right after this word from our sponsors. The next question comes to us from Bradley Patrick, my brother on Twitter. He asks, would you like the Rangers to play in an international game like the Padres and Dodgers are doing? And if so, where would you like them to play? Now, this is a great question. Uh, shout out to my brother for this question. It really made me think. I really went and looked into this and did some research about where I would like the Rangers to play. The obvious answers are, well, there's the London series pretty much every year and a Rangers Astros series in London would be a lot of fun. The Major League Baseball games have been played in Australia. I thought that would be kind of interesting. There is a little bit of a uh, baseball population in Australia. There is an Australian Baseball League where some prospects go during the winter. Um, but I thought that was interesting too. And um, maybe getting – there's not that many you know, Rangers players that are from that many different countries internationally. It, it, it's mostly just the Dominican Republic and then Adoles Garcia um, from Cuba – and I don't want the Rangers to play in Cuba because I don't want um, Adolfo Garcia to have to face whatever consequences he would for going back into Cuba. Um, and the Dominican would be a lot of fun, but I'm kind of picking somewhere off the board, somewhere that's not a traditional baseball powerhouse, not somewhere that even really even knows all that much about baseball and, and hasn't even had a Major League Baseball player from their country. I am picking the Rangers playing in just a few years. I want them to play the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll get to why in a second, but I want them to play in Narendra, uh, Narendra Modi Stadium in India, which is the largest cricket stadium in India. Capacity of 132,000 spectators. Um, it is in the western part of India, and it is one of the biggest cricket stadiums in the entire world. And I would love the Rangers to play the Toronto Blue Jays there because in this most recent draft, the Blue Jays selected a player, Arjun Namala, who is from Florida, but his parents immigrated over from India. There have not been a whole lot of uh, people with of Indian descent that have made even minor league debuts. There have been just very, very few players. So I think if you wait a few years, when Arjun Namala is hopefully making the big leagues at some point, he's a first-round pick. He's a shortstop prospect with uh, a really intriguing player who was from the state of Florida, was the player of the year in Florida. I think that would be really, really interesting to see uh, baseball played in that huge of a stadium and in a cricket stadium. And especially if Arjun Namala, who is of Indian descent, is playing there, I'm sure that India would pack it out and just Playing baseball in different weird places is good for the game. Like this Soul Series is going to be very, very fun between the Dodgers and the Padres, which is going to be played on the March 20th and 21st. So on my birthday, which is uh, kind of fun for me personally. But yeah, I would love it for the Rangers to play in India or if they're going to just pick like a random, just pick a random uh, country in Europe. I think that would be fun too. Um, or Australia, just wherever. I, I love these series of putting baseball on display in different places, getting the world to see the best game in the world. And I think that would be a lot of fun. Now, the next question comes to us from uh, Chris Springer, a buddy of mine. He was 
complaining and arguing with somebody about the Ranger at the top 10 third baseman in baseball. Um, the list that MLB Network came out with, and he asked, is, is Josh Young a top 10 third baseman in all of baseball? Well, if you look at just based on war last year, uh, according to Fangrass Metric, Josh Young was the 14th most valuable third baseman in all of baseball. He was behind such greats as uh, Max Muncy, uh, Eugenio Suarez, Heimer Candelario, Key Brian Hayes, Nolan Arenado. But I don't think that that really gives the full picture of of what Josh Young was last year. I mean, his value defensively, I feel like, was was pretty criminally underrated. Having a two-and-a-half war season in just 122 games was fantastic. I, I put him pretty comfortably in my top ten. Austin Riley led all of Major League Baseball in, uh, among third basemen in Fangraphs war with a 5.2 war last year. Jose Ramirez was the only other guy above five. I'm surprised that Gunnar Henderson wasn't above five. Is it 4.6? Um, but I think Bregman's being a little bit overrated there uh, defensively, even offensively. I, I love what I saw from Josh Young last year. I think he's going to be fantastic. I, I would put him probably around seven or eight, probably behind uh, – Machado, in in my opinion, he's he's behind probably Riley, Jose Ramirez, Gunnar Henderson as well. Maybe Isak Paredes, depending on how you feel about him. I think he's a better third baseman than Matt Chapman, just overall. And Devers, it's pretty close because Devers doesn't have a whole lot of value defensively, but is an absolute monster offensively. Um, so it, it, you can kind of go either way with that. But I'd say he's kind of on the fringes. I think with another great year, he puts himself very comfortably into that category. He was a starter on the World Series champion. He started the All-Star game. He deserved to start the All-Star game, but he fell off just a little bit in the second half after sustaining that thumb injury. He has a foolproof plan to uh, not have his thumb broken next year. He said he's just going to keep his eye on the ball and not let him hit him in the thumb and break his thumb. So uh, I think that's a great idea, and uh, I would love for him to do that and not have his thumb broken next year or miss any time because I love watching Josh Young play baseball. Next question comes to us from Philip. Can you make me feel better about us being a finger blister or worse away from a bullpen game or a spot start from a double A slash triple A call up? Hopefully we'll sign a, start, sign a starting pitcher before spring training starts, but yeesh. Um, I'm going to try my best, but it's not super great right now. I mean, basically, if someone in the starting rotation as of now goes down in the first half before those reinforcements are here, your options are probably Zach Kent, Owen White, Jose Urania or Jack Leiter. Now, Zach Kent, I think, is going to be a fine up and down guy. Um, I, I'd ideally have him as a kind of multi inning reliever, um, more of a, a long man in the pen, or if you really want to just, you know, have him just crank the gas up and be a upper 90s guy for one uh, or maybe two innings, then I think he could be really, really nasty in that spot, especially with how good his slider is. Um, but if Owen White's velo comes back, if he looks more like himself in. 2022 than he did in 2023 if he's healthy and and things he's not dealing with the neck issues that he was dealing with last year that's fine as your number six emergency call-up guy lighter's definitely got some upside orania can eat some innings and not be horrible and again this offense is really dang good so there's not a whole lot of need to be every start to be a guy going seven innings of no run ball. Like this offense can kind of carry you in the first half. Um, next question comes to us from Matt McCutcheon. Where would this team be if Cole Reagans were still here? Now I've thought about this a, a, a lot. Um, and of the trades that the Rangers have made, 
you can't really second guess it because uh, again the rangers won the world series they, they did it they won the world series so every move was a success and i don't know if they get there without Aroldis chapman as wild and erratic as he was he was effective he did help that rangers bullpen he did help in the playoffs um the rangers won a world champion uh championship with him on the team granted I would still very much like to have Cole Reagans back because I would feel much better about the state of this entire team. I would not be worrying at all about re-signing Jordan Montgomery. I would not be worried at all about the Orioles acquiring Corbin Burns. I'd be saying, ha, 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 can't wait till this rotation gets to the playoffs because having a starting rotation of Jacob deGrom, then Cole Reagans as your number two, then Nate Eovaldi as your three, and then one of Max Scherzer or Tyler Malley as your number four in your playoff rotation my God, would that be incredible. And then Cody Bradford wouldn't be in your starting rotation to start the year. He'd probably be the long man in the bullpen. Then if you have an injury to a Nate Eovaldi or John Gray or Heaney or what have you in the first half, you plug in one one of you plug in Cody Bradford and you feel much better about your chances. So that's where the Rangers would be if they still had Cole Reagans and it would be very nice to have him. But alas, that is not the case. Maybe he wouldn't be the flamethrower, awesome beast that he was, uh, has been in Kansas City if he was still with Texas, but I still think he would be. Um, but wishing him nothing but the best. Bummed that he isn't doing this with the Rangers, but hey, um, good on him for being out there and thriving. The next question comes to us from Alina. Could you see the Rangers trading for Dylan Cease at the deadline, assuming the White Sox hold on to him? Um, short answer is, is no. Um, I think they could trade for him right now to start the season, but I think trading for a starting pitcher at the deadline is just not going to happen this year for the Rangers, mainly because they have those three starting pitchers coming off the IL at some point around the deadline. Uh, I don't see them trading for an additional starting pitcher unless there's just some catastrophic, you know, rash of injuries, in which case I I just, even then I, I really couldn't see the Rangers doing much to trade for a starting pitcher. I think they'll probably be in the market for reliever because you're always in the market for reliever. Maybe they'll be in the market for another bat, but I, I don't think so unless they don't sign a DH at this point and um, the young guys who they call up to be the DH are are not quite getting the job done, which, again, I don't think will be the case. So I don't think the Rangers would be super active at the trade deadline this year, but and I don't think they would trade for Cease at the deadline if the White Sox hold on to him, but I think they could trade for him now. I wouldn't love it, but uh, I think it's definitely possible. And uh, let's see. The last question comes to us uh, again from Matt. This is a question I've been dying to answer. Um, what's the most money you'd be willing to give Jordan Montgomery? Now, we, we talked a lot yesterday, me and Grant, about the Rangers signing Montgomery and about trusting um, pitching prospects to come up and eat innings. And so go listen to that episode. It was, it was a very good discussion. Also about the Rangers just spending money smartly. Um, so for Montgomery... He's asking for about $25 million a year. It'll be somewhere around six or seven years. So the uh, the main deal I think should happen that I'd be pretty comfortable with is about six years, $150 million. Uh, five years, $125 million would be – I would be ecstatic about that. Right now, Spotrac is, is still projecting him for six years, $110 million. That's about $18.5 million a year. I think that would be exceptional. If that's an offer on the table, I think the Rangers would have signed that like yesterday. Like, I don't see a scenario where the Rangers, it's going to be more than six years, 110 mil. Like, it just is. Because if that was the baseline and the Rangers are going under that, 
or just waiting on the ballet thing, that would be um, kind of insane. Uh, if if that if that ballet money, knowing the particular dollar amount, kept them from signing him for an average of eighteen and a half million a year for um, six years, I think that'd be nuts. But the absolute most, I think seven years, one hundred seventy five million dollars a year. That's the absolute most that I would be willing to go. It would be a whole lot of money, and I wouldn't feel super great about it. There would have to be some deferrals in there to kind of take that number down a bit. Um, but I think that's the absolute max I'd be willing to go. Six years, 150. If that's the deal, I say get it done. Make it happen. Bring Monty back. Either way, we'll see. I'm predicting that it won't be—I'm feeling like it won't be too long before Montgomery signs a deal, especially once this Bally thing gets underway. But— uh, I'm just really hoping for a reunion with Montgomery, even if it's not the case. The Rangers literally just won the World Series. So everything feels like gravy at this point. But hey, this team's in a good place. Y'all had some really great questions, and we'll be back to five days a week next week. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.